Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Well, today I'm going to be ministering a word here. I'm talking about purpose and priority. Purpose and priority. And I want us to begin to look, first of all, in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And this is how we begin to understand purpose and priority when it comes to the Christian life, when it comes to the church, it comes to our walk with God. First, let's begin in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be reading in verse 15. It says, But if I tarry long, Paul speaking to the senior pastor and overseer of the churches in Ephesus, he says, But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. I'm going to reread that again. I want you to focus on that. It says, but if I'm delayed, I, were, I am writing to you so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself where? In the house of God, which is what? The church of the living God. What does it say here? What is the church of the living God? The pillar and ground of the truth. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 now. We're going to read in verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. We're going to begin there. The Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, in righteousness, that the man, verse 17, that the man and woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to reread that again. All scripture, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's been inspired, a breathe of God for us. So the word of God was breathed, was, came from God. And is what is it? It's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is the manner of understanding which we have, which the church is built off of. Now we know we read just a minute ago. I'm going to go through this verse in, in chapter 316. Just, just hang on. I'm gonna, you just stay with me in this. Just keep looking at that verse right there just for a moment. But I'm going to just step back just for a second in verse 15 of the other chapter. But let me just show this. Remember we said that the church is living God, the pillar and ground of truth? Well, it's profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You see that? You're going to need, need to remember that, for instruction in righteousness. So righteousness is what we are through the blood of Christ, but it also tells us how to live out that righteousness, the word of God. It's for instruction, for correction, for reproof. And for doctrine. That the man or the person, the woman of God, the man of God may be complete. That literally means talking about without lacking anything. Complete, whole, entire. It means to be matured. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's important that we see these scriptures and understand the word of God. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. 
it says that there will be a time, or for the time will come, when they, who are they? Well, whoever they are. Just wanting to make sure that we're not one of those. <laughs> for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires. Now, he's not talking about the world or to the world. He's talking about there will be people within the church. People that will call themselves Christian or believer. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. For the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables or mythos. Now, I want you to see this because this is important. You see where it says in verse 4, and they will turn away their ears and be turned into fables. The translation of that word fables means mythos. It literally means that they will begin to live as they see fit. They'll be sounding spiritual. This is the mythos. This is the spiritual part. They will be sounding spiritual. And even some will declare it's the Holy Spirit. And they might, let me just say this, but it's not the Holy Spirit. It's just another spirit. And that's why the Bible says they won't be able to endure sound doctrine. They'll not be able to stay with sound doctrine. But because they have itching ears, because they have, what is itching ears? It's selfish desire. It's the way that they want to hear things. It's the way how they want to live their lives. So they want to find people who will fit the way they want to live. Now, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible's teaching us. Again, we saw that the Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. That's where the doctrines are taught. And the doctrine is the, what we would call uh, the doctrines of Christ and the doctrines of the apostles and prophets in which the church is built upon. And the Bible tells us, but though in the time will come, and that time is when the time will come when people, instead of staying with sound doctrine and able to endure the word of God that is taught to bring them to a place of purpose and a place of pursuit properly or the things that are uh, prioritizing properly. See, if they, when they can't endure that, they'll find others who will fit how they want to live. You know, in reality, what that is saying is, is that we are creating a God that we want, not as the word of God, which has come from God, tells us how we need to interact with God. You know, the Bible is the source that God has given to us and how we ought to relate to him. Gives us an understanding of who he is and who we are, where we are. And how we need to behave, how we need to conduct ourselves in righteousness, in the right ways. And we learn these things from the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in which we are set in and connected to. I want you to think about this. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, very important scripture. 
I'm beginning this month and this time with an understanding of the word of God. So it's so important that we just don't make up things as we go. And it's important that we have sound doctrine and sound teaching in the word of God uh, within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's not in the world. It's in the church. And so it's important. Romans 12 verses 1 through 5 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to every one of you, everyone who is among you. So Paul the Apostle says, and I'm reading this right here in, the, in Pursuit Church. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, in one church, but all the members do not have the same function. That means my function of grace and of faith is not in the same function of grace and faith as someone else within Pursuit Church. Same thing goes with you and, and throughout the members of the church. And I'll make this more clear as we go because he's talking about gifting here. He's talking about the grace that is given upon our lives and what we do and how we function together as a body. So he goes on to say... For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Verse 5, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Not individually members by, by ourselves, but of one another. Just as a physical body is one, but has many members to it. Now, I want you to think about this. Because the renewing of the mind is connected to this in context. We often use a renewing of the mind verses 1 and 2, but we don't include what he was referring to when it comes to renewing of our mind. To think of ourselves soberly, humbly, not getting high-minded within the body, considering ourselves within our grace that God has given us in a place that it should not be operating or putting ourselves against one another uh, to, to get our way because we have a particular kind of grace that's working. No, no, we need to function properly, and this is what he's referring to. And so if we kept that in context, the Bible says we need to renew our mind. And the reason why we have to renew our mind, because we don't start out that way. Not when we come to Christ. Uh, we have to be careful. We don't get, we're not, we have to have a, we come down a notch in our high-mindedness. So we can function properly within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just in front of a person, but no behind the scenes and how we serve and how we work and everything else that we do. And that's the, the key factor in this. And so it's important because our innate conscience, our innate conscience is not a reliable source of right and wrong, of God's direction and of God's will. Our source is God's word and spirit. Now, let me just say this. The word and spirit, they will never disagree. They will always be one. And that is important to understand because our innate conscience, that means the way we feel, the way we see, again, members of the body of Christ, the Bible says a time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine, but heap to themselves, teachers have an itching ears, 
And it's because of the innate consciousness of a, a person in whom has a feeling of right and wrong. They may even interpret it being the spirit, but it goes in contrary to the word. For you'll never find the Holy Spirit in contrary to the word of God or doing something outside of the word of God. No, they'll agree always. Even the Holy Spirit doesn't even carry his own authority to override the word of God. Jesus said that. And I want you to see again, just here in Ephesians, I want you to uh, look just here for a moment out of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians 2, verse 19. It says, now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. Ephesians 2, 19 says, you are therefore no longer strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Citizens and members, they go together. You see that? You're a citizen and a member. A citizen of the household of God. We are, the Bible tells us, or the church. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. You know, it's important today that we get this understanding that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the citizens of the kingdom of God on earth. We are his ambassadors. The kingdom of God is not in righteousness, peace, and joy. I mean, it's not in meat and drink, sorry. It's not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, the kingdom of God is within us. It's in us now. That doesn't mean that we're just self-wanderers wandering around and just doing our own thing because we believe in Jesus and we've been born again and now we're just being led of the Spirit and how we feel and how we see. No, that's not what he's talking about. That is a wrong understanding. It's, a, it's an immature understanding when it comes to the things of God. And that's why the church is there to develop, to disciple, to bring doctrine of the Word of God. And this is what I'm teaching you today. An understanding of the truth. For the Word of God is the source in which we get our understanding, not how we feel about it. Not how we just want to reason based upon our life and the condition of life and how we want to live it. But the source is given to us that we might understand and know and the Holy Spirit will make it known to us and he will reveal these things to us as we are open for change. When the word of God comes in instruction and in correction and righteousness to perfect us and to grow us and we resist that, then the Holy Spirit will not be able to teach us and to guide us into all truth. Because what happens is, is we've already made up our mind that it's not, that's not how I see it. That's not how I feel about it. That's not the way I want it. Again, that's coming from the innate consciousness of how we see the world, how we see God, how we see the kingdom. But it's not based upon the source of the word of God, which is there to teach us so we can renew our mind. Because we don't start out with a renewed mind. We're going to have to change the way we think about things, about God, about the church, about who we are, about this world and everything that's in it. Because we weren't born with the consciousness, the righteous consciousness that comes from God when it comes to he, he, who he is because when we were, we were born in sin and separated from God. That's why every man must be born again 
to enter into the kingdom of God. And then we take the source of the word of God and thank God we're not making it up as we go. For the Holy Spirit agrees with the word of God and is the teacher of the truth because where we're at when it comes to the revelation of the word of God is where we have yielded to the Holy Spirit's teaching and of sound doctrine by the gifts and the graces that God has given to us through the anointing to teach us and to develop us and to grow us, to mature us in Christ. And so... We see here, this is referring, and I'm going to keep going just for a moment, uh, again from citizens and saints and members of the household of God, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, if you notice there, oftentimes we believe that we're built on the rock of Christ alone, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we, having been built on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, he is the cornerstone from which all of the other stones of the foundation have been laid. And those stones which have been laid, we, built, we are built upon that. And Pursuit Church is built upon that. Our lives are being built upon that. Not being built upon one thing only, but being built upon the whole. On the foundation. The Bible says in verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You see, this passage of Scripture is referring to the church, the citizens of the kingdom of God, a holy nation, as Peter called us, as other scriptures reveal, even here telling us that we are fellow citizens. And members of the household of God. We are together, the Bible says, a temple of a dwelling place in the spirit. You see, a holy nation. The church is a place where we are being developed, grown, and built upon. It's so important to recognize and to understand it. Look in John 17. John 17. It's so important to understand that Jesus is the main and the without Christ, we can't even enter into this place. But yet it's not just built on Christ alone, but built upon the apostles and prophets and the instruction, the teaching. But why? Because Jesus said, go make disciples, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you and understanding that Jesus is in that because he even say, I'm with you always, even to the ends of of the earth. And that means he's with us today in the teaching and the instruction that we're receiving within the house of God, the pillar and the ground of truth, as Paul called it, even to the senior pastor of the church of Ephesus. And that's why he told him this is sound doctrine. These are the things we need to develop in and what it's there for and how we're, how we're building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ continually upon this very thing. John 17 verse 16 says, speaking of the believers, speaking of his disciples in that day, Jesus said, they are not of the world. He's praying to God about those in whom are his disciples and those in whom will hear them preach and will follow their doctrine and their teaching. The Bible says they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You see that? I tell you, that is important today. Sanctify them 
through that truth, that word is truth. You know, there's been times I've read and I've heard and I've experienced myself as a pastor. There'll be times that someone might say, or this has happened within the church worldwide, you know, that the Holy Spirit is saying to do something. Somebody might come and say, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do such and such. Here's what I feel led to do or what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. And, but it is in, I know that it's in direct contradiction to the word of God. But instead of them being corrected by the word of God and allowing the spirit of truth, which is always going to go with the word of God, uh, they will say, no, I have, this is how I feel. This is what I feel the spirit is saying. But it can be in direct contradiction. I've even had people tell me, say, well, I don't care what the Bible says. This is what I feel like the Spirit of God is telling me. But that's not the Spirit of God. That's just another spirit. That's that innate consciousness speaking to them. And we have to understand that the Word of God, the Bible says, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it tells us that the Word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, it divides, verse 12, divides asunder the very spirit and soul, joint, and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. The Word of God is. That's why we need to let the Word of God be the source and the preeminence above how we're feeling about things. Now, the Holy Spirit will confirm that Word. And the, oftentimes, we, we might have a Word from God, and we're wondering, why isn't that Word coming to pass? Or why isn't this happening according to how we see in the Word at the moment? Well, the Bible also tells us that we need to add patience to our faith. When the word of God comes in to bring faith that you might stand until you see that promise. We'll stand until you see that grace. We'll stand until you see the outcome in which God has promised. But oftentimes we get impatient and so now we're going to say, well, we're going to kind of make this move on our behalf and we'll just say, well, you know, the spirit is telling me to do it. And it might be in direct contradiction to the word of God. And instead of letting the word of God be a place of correction, and that's what Paul, the apostle, did, let's just say for the church of Corinth, and you'll see this throughout the word of God. Even Paul told, taught his uh, son in the spirit, which was a disciple of Paul, Timothy, uh, which, we've been, which we read in the beginning scriptures. He was talking to him, who was a senior pastor of the church of Ephesus there. He told him, he said, uh, that you'll have to preach, be instant in season and out of season. He said, correct and rebuke. Uh, with all authority. And let me just say this, what he's referring to, that there is a governing of the house of God which is done through the ordination or the overseers in which God is ordained through the grace given and the gift and through the word of God. Not just in the person alone, but through the word of God. And the word of God and that spirit like that and that grace will agree. And it's so important. Let's, let's look in. Uh, just here some keys to understand uh, the priority, because listen, when we begin to get our purpose, the purpose comes from the Word of God. And then we begin to understand our priority. And the priorities, again, come from the source. And let's look at this. Let's see. Look at Matthew chapter 6 just for a moment, verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Very important. Because the church is not just a group of people who wander around just doing their spiritual things on a spiritual journey as we see fit. No, no, it's not like that. And actually, I want to read one more scripture to you before we go to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to look in John with, you, with me just for a moment. Verse chapter 16, verse 13. Look at John 16, verse 13. <coughs> Pardon me. 
It says, how be it when the spirit of truth has come? He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Other translations say that he will not speak on his own authority, but everything that I have spoken, everything that I say, that will he reveal to you, that will he speak to, that will he guide you in. And that is important. Again, you know, it's important that we understand it as a church. We're not just wandering around, doing our own thing, spiritual thing. But the Word of God is the source, and the Spirit and the Word will agree. The Spirit of God will never have the contradictory saying you to do something that the Word of God is not in agreement with. And also, you'll find that those overseers that are in our lives will help guide us through that and help confirm those areas. It's not just going to come through other people who just know you, who have your, have, you know, might even feel the same way you do in mind oftentimes. No, uh, because they might just agree with you uh, based on something they, that, you know, because they want you happy, so to speak. But just making us happy isn't always following the truth uh, because we can be happy in our innate consciousness that is just leading us to do whatever we want to do, how we see fit. And it might not be even in the will and plan of God. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind that we may prove what is that perfect will of God. And so it comes from an understanding of knowledge and learning. And yes, you're going to have to commit yourselves to discipleship through the training and the development in these areas, understanding doctrine. And it's something every believer, every Christian should commit themselves to. Uh, and it's going to take time. You say, well, I don't have time. Well, why? That's the question you need to ask. If you say, well, I don't have the ability to do that. I got too much else going on in the world. Well, who we're going to be serving? I mean, think about what we're saying there. We need to make the opportunity to continue to develop ourselves. One of the ways you can do that is continually be faithful in the house of God. To hear sound teaching and doctrine. But this is a one Sunday service, 45-minute teaching a week. You're going to need more. Because just like with anything, if you're going to be perfected in, we're going to have to develop an understanding in. Basic understanding of knowledge and doctrine and teaching. And sometimes the source in which we have gotten it from in the beginning might have just been coming from the way we feel about things and not actually from sound doctrine and the truth. And so it's so important that we have good teaching and are developed in these areas. And it's important that we do such. So let me give you some keys to understand the priority. We're talking about purpose. That purpose comes from the known will or word of God. Second of all, priority. Look in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus laid this out. Look in verse 24, and we'll go quickly through this. Verse 24. Jesus said here, he began here, he said, No man can serve two masters. So he's saying you're going to have to choose a priority here. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, just take a look at that scripture for a moment. That word mammon there isn't just money, but is the system of it. It's the system. It's, the, it's the, what we call the God of this world, the system that's in the world, the kingdom of darkness. It's, it's how that kingdom operates. Now, we need to understand something. He says you cannot, you cannot serve that. That can't be the priority if I can say it like that. We need to have a priority to serve God. And you might say, well, I don't understand how to do that. Well, I'm glad you're here today watching because I'm going to help you with it. And it's going to help you in this understanding. Look in verse 31. Therefore, 
Jesus said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the world seeks after, the Gentiles seek after, that's the world. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Now just stop for a minute. Jesus said, don't be anxious, don't worry about the th same things that the Gentiles or the world is worrying about. Or, and, and then he says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Aren't you glad of that? Verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? Everything the world is seeking after, what they're pursuing after. The governing, the operations of the kingdom of darkness, which is the system of mammon. So everything that the world is working for, they're living for, what they prioritize. Jesus said, don't prioritize the same things the world are prioritizing. For if you'll prioritize the kingdom of God, the things that the world is prioritizing will be added to you. He said, don't worry about it. Isn't that something? So the Bible says we can't serve two masters, can't serve God and mammon. Jesus said, don't make that a priority, but prioritize the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Two things there, the kingdom and righteousness, his righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Jesus said, you can't. Now, that is a rare language within the scripture and coming out of Jesus. It says that we can't serve God and mammon. So that is an important understanding. So we can't serve God and mammon, but we have to seek first the kingdom. So it's important to understand, even in our language of faith that we learn from God's word, Jesus said that we can't serve God and mammon. I know oftentimes we say, I can, I can, I can do all things, I can do this, I do that. But if your priorities differ than what Jesus said, you can't serve. You can't serve mammon and God. No matter if you have the language of faith and these other areas here, but yet if you're still prioritizing the kingdom of darkness or mammon over God and the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it's not working for you. You're not, you have to understand that Jesus said we can't serve mammon, but we have to prioritize the kingdom of God. That's how, we, that's how we serve God, is we prioritize the kingdom and his righteousness. You want to learn how to serve God? We're going to prioritize the kingdom of God. That's what he's referring to. We say, well, I serve God, but yet areas of our life are not coming from the knowledge of the truth, and we're living it out the way we see fit. And we're prioritizing the things of the, this world instead of the things of the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, then we're not serving God. And it's not, this is, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about serving God. And we need to be servants of God and servants of righteousness and understanding these two. So Jesus said, if your life consists of worrying about the things in the world, think about it. If you would be serving God, prioritizing the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said, if, if you're prioritizing and worried about the things of this world, he said, then you're wasting your time. Think about it. You're wasting your time worrying about those things. You know, oftentimes people worry about, you know, what the world is coming to, what's going on in the world. 
Does our children have a future and a hope in this world? Well, if you're looking for hope in this world, you're looking in the wrong place. Our hope is in God and in the kingdom of God in which we live in. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. If we will understand to prioritize the kingdom of God and his righteousness and begin to put that as first and priority, you'll find that the cares of this life and the other things that's in the world will begin to have a lesser hold and grip upon your soul and your mind and other things in your life and your cares of this life will begin to lessen because your hope is not coming from the world but becoming from the grace that God has given to you to live in this world according to that which he's called and, and, and graced you in life to do unto him for prioritizing the kingdom of God. See, there's two kingdoms on this planet. We're either prioritizing the kingdom of God or we're prioritizing the world, the system of mammon. And so we have to understand what we've partnered with. So whatever you partnered with, that's why you'll find, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to understand where you're at. If you've partnered with God, then we don't worry about these things. We don't worry about that which is going on. No, we live according to the things of the kingdom of God. Why? Because when we begin to do his righteousness and we begin to prioritize the kingdom of God, and there's a lot in that, that's where we understand love. That's where we understand redemption. That's where we understand faith. And all of these things point towards one direction. All these things point to how we're receiving of the promises of God, how we're living in a manner of life, how we receive in this life, what kind of grace, and whether grace is abounding on us or if there's gross darkness that's overcoming us. Two kingdoms. And as we get closer to the return of Christ, there's going to be a greater darkness that's going to come upon the world, the Bible says, but there's also going to be a greater grace. But if you're serving the God of this, if you're serving mammon and that system, you're going to be struggling more and more with the gross darkness that seems to be encroaching over your life instead of the great grace and the abounding of grace that's going to take place in that season upon our life. And I believe we could be missing out on a lot of things that God intended for us as the body of Christ if we're not careful. If we won't choose to seek first and prioritize the things of the kingdom of God. See, if this challenges you and you want to just run and maybe turn off the TV or your mobile device right now, it's because you're probably afraid of losing that which you've gained already in this life. But Jesus said, if you hold on to the one, you'll hate the other. If you love the other, you'll despise the other. So this is why Jesus said, you're going to have to get your priorities straight. This is coming from the renewing of the mind. It's beginning to understand how we can prove and to begin to do the perfect will of God, understanding that we've been made citizens now of the household of God and of the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus is the king and ruling, ordained and called and developed and graced and giftings and callings. I'll tell you, it's so important that we understand the purpose of all these things because they all go back towards the building of the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things that we have. And, and you'll see, listen, remember the, one of the promises of Jesus 
If we'll begin to operate on the level of the kingdom of God, which is based on the word of God, the things that the Gentiles are living for and seeking over, Jesus didn't say you're not going to have them. No, he said those things will be added into your life because he knows that you have need of these things. He also knows that if you'll serve according to the level of the word of God, then uh, you're going to find that these things will begin to come into your life. That's not our focus, though, but that's what a lot of people in the body of Christ are living for and worried about, and they still haven't got a revelation and an understanding and prioritizing the kingdom. And so it's so important that we understand this. And let me just say this. Do you think Jesus knows what he's talking about? That's what we just read. Yeah, I believe he does. And he also knows that we struggle in this area as well. And so it's an important understanding that when you come to a place of faith in God and you begin to prioritize this area and you begin to allow that faith to rise, you're going to find that struggle is going to get less and less and your strength is going to come inside of you and you're going to begin to see that what Jesus promised will come to pass. These things will begin to happen within your life. And we're going to see that the word of God is going to work in our life. You know, I want you to listen here just for a moment because it's important. And because I want you to think about something. One of the things that the world teaches, and I'm going to show you something because this is an understanding that we need to have as a body of Christ. We're talking about renewing the mind. I'm going to go quickly here so you need to hear this. Because there's a lot of theories out there and a lot of understanding within the world and in the church. And one of these theories is the basic common need of all people and cultures upon this planet, in this world today. And there's a hierarchy of these needs. One is food, water, clothes, housing, protection, and security. And that is a basic needs of life. Now, not only those, there's two more. But when those things are met, then these other basic needs that are common to man is, is self-actualization. That means it's literally a person coming to their full potential. And that means they're doing so by how they're feeling. And so once they feel that, once they begin to feel that, you know, now I can become and try to reach my full potential, then they find significance. That's the other one. So there's nine things that is known uh, to the world and in the world through teaching, through education systems and other things, psychology, other areas that say that food, water, clothing, housing, protection, preservation, self-actualization, and significance are the nine key things in the hierarchy in which all of nine basic needs of man. Now, Jesus said all of those things that the world are seeking after will be added to you when you seek first the kingdom of God. You don't even have to worry about those things. Isn't that good news? Think about that. That's what the world is prioritizing. They're trying to find some reach their full potential. And they're trying to find significance. But the word of God and the source of the word of God and the grace of God will give us that as we seek first the kingdom of God. Because it's a carrot in front of the world. They'll never reach that. And they'll always find themselves empty. Because significance and full potential comes from being an understanding of his righteousness and what we have in the kingdom of God. Because God fulfills all those things. You know, it's so important today that we get a revelation. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, So don't worry about these things, saying what we will eat, what we will drink, and what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows 
that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God above all else. And live according to his righteousness. And he will give you everything you need. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus tells us not to let these things dominate our minds, our priorities, our pursuits. Our priorities and pursuits are putting first things first. That's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus preached this message everywhere that he went. He taught his disciples this message. And you might be hearing this for the first time. You might have heard this already taught. But it's something that we need to grasp a hold of. And we need to understand. The kingdom of God on earth is what we are as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now don't confuse this because not every church is born of God. At least those that call themselves church. Now I'm not saying that there's not other churches that are not born of God, but they are. But not every church is. Why? Because there's some churches, Ichabod has been written upon the door. That's literally an understanding of the Old Testament type of when the ark was taken out of Israel. And when it left, it literally means the glory has left. The, the presence, the purpose of God has left. And so not every place carries that. Not every place has that understanding. It means that the anointing of God had departed from the nation, which is a type of the church. You know, Acts 7.38 calls that nation the church in the wilderness. And he was talking about the Old Testament there, but referring to the New Testament as well. You know, righteousness is what we have when it talks about his righteousness in these two areas. The kingdom of God and his righteousness is in Christ. This doctrine is based upon the finished work of God in Christ. Nothing can save anyone but faith in Christ alone. He is the cornerstone of his church from which we are built upon. These go together because one without the other is incomplete and anything added to either of these without the other, which is, would make it non-compatible or even not correct doctrine. So it's so important today because we need to understand the factors of saving the lost by sending the gospel out and teaching it and growing, uh, maturing the saved, making disciples, uh, going into the world and repeating the same, making disciples and replicating those efforts. Listen, those priorities are what Jesus said the church has. And it must be understood because such things as other, subsequent, uh, other doctrines like redemption and, and things like love and eternal rewards, all these are also explained within these two major factors of the kingdom of God, what we have and what we have in Christ, which is our righteousness. And so the priorities that we need to endeavor to have as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, because listen, our destination is not here on earth but a coming together to fulfill the purpose, the processes and the outcomes that are given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the word of God. And I think this is very important today. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family, an ark from the flood. He obeyed God and though being warned of, of God about things that were to come, that was gonna happen, Noah moved and he, built this ark, and by the faith of Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. You know, here at Pursuit Church, we're building a big boat in the spirit and in the natural. 
to house the same until the return of Jesus Christ. The world might say, why? Religious, religious people might say, well, you should be doing something different. But if we stay focused upon the word of God to do his will, then we'll also see the saved come into that boat. We'll have reward, eternal reward when we see Christ because we are doing the will of God, building his kingdom and walking in his righteousness. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.